0: Welcome to another episode of Trees and Lines. Today, we have the first of a two-part interview with the manager of SMUD, Eric Brown. SMUD, or the Sacramento Municipal Utility District, is a community-owned electric utility that serves Sacramento and parts of Placer County. In this first part, we look into Eric's role as the manager at SMUD, what it entails, and insights into day-to-day operations of SMUD. Have a listen. Hope you enjoy. Eric, uh, congratulations, uh, you have
1: Uh, excellent personnel, excellent people, uh, excellent industry groups. Spent a lot of time with the North American Transmission Forum, um, the Utility Arborist Association, National Arbor Day Foundation, Western Chapter ISA. Uh, Fortunately enough, been able to spend uh, a lot of time with great colleagues and peers in various different roles in those organizations. Uh, Most recently, just finished up uh, as the president of the utility Arborist association that's a little about my professional background thanks
2: i've been looking forward to to this podcast for a long time i got to tell this story because it's just to me it's like one of the funniest stories my first interaction with you like if you were a boxer i would call you eric the real deal brown <laughs> because so for for our audience um i got connected with eric and our first interaction was a phone call and, uh, you know, Eric is, I, I know this for certain is universally known as a, a person who knows his stuff like end to end and is definitely no nonsense. So, you know, if you're going to engage with him, you better know what you're talking about. And so I had to quickly submit in that octagon very quickly. I was like, Eric, I'm not an expert. I'm just, <laughs> I was like, I, I, I could see where that conversation was going and I had to very quickly concede. I was like, look, I have a very different lens and. Our, all of our subsequent interactions together, I've gotten to know Eric uh, personally and professionally and uh, absolutely like thrilled that you're here today and uh, have a ton of respect for you. So really excited to kind of dive into your background, your lens, um, all the things that you've done in this industry, for this industry. Um, I'm pretty excited about having our audience uh get an opportunity to hear you speak so
1: thank you very much that uh i remember the conversation vividly it was uh very <laughs> it was, it was um, a very candid um for certain it yeah. was uh Hard,
2: hardest hardest phone <laughs> conversation of my career i'll tell i'll tell it everybody it was a that. real um, candid it discussion
1: i know i was uh, <laughs> yeah it was um, pretty uh pretty frank and pretty pointed. I'm pretty certain. So
2: yes, it was a good opportunity. I know Phil's got a ton of questions as well, but maybe I would like to kick one off for you, um, Eric. So in your current role at SMUD, um, you know, maybe you could give our audience a sense of like your full scope of responsibility, like end to end, what fits inside of your, uh, you know, what are you ultimately responsible for from a, from a network perspective, from a system perspective, um, and all the different groups that you touch and collaborate with, in order to make sure that, um, from a vegetation management perspective, the you know the smud program is is operating at a very very high level.
1: Well, it's a great question, and I, and I appreciate the opportunity to, to 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 cover this, because many programs, and I, I think many utilities, frankly, look at vegetation management as is either simply pruning or removing a tree at some point in time, but it's much bigger than that. Um, certainly out in the West, everybody is real familiar with it, um, but there's other states that seem to be catching on and understanding the the risk frankly that's out there uh, around their network. but you know really sitting sitting here at Smud, we've got a pretty small footprint. We got nine hundred square mile service territory. Um, we're at just around five thousand overhead distribution miles, five hundred uh, overhead transmission miles. Uh, we have about 6,000 miles of underground, um, here in our service territory, um, pretty substantial hydro generation set of assets, um, definitely a a larger portfolio of solar and wind, um, that also support, um, our company and customers. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty robust for a publicly owned utility. Frankly, we're the sixth largest, um, publicly owned utility in the U S and, uh, our, our, you know, annual budget here at, for vegetation management, um, is about $54 million. Um, so when you start to look at that, we've got a lot going on. Um, and it's not just a maintenance activity, frankly. Um, we do have a pretty robust maintenance activity, um, on our distribution and transmission network. Um, our profile and, and, uh, Scale is a little bit different than others. Um, Many utilities have gone to a full contract-based inspection program, uh, but SMUD from a long time ago um, has had in-house inspectors that do their planning and and, uh, patrolling. Um, That was set up a long time ago um, through the IBW, and it's uh, been a pretty good program. We do have a contract workforce that also does inspection for us currently, um, on an as-needed basis. And then we have a full uh, contract workforce that's doing our tree work for us, and that's multiple contractors. We have about eight different full-time contractors doing tree work for us in various different roles, and it's not just typically pruning or removing a tree. Um, we have some large-scale logging activities, um, large-scale fuels reduction thinning activities, and we'll get an opportunity to talk about uh, we cover a, a vast type of, of landscapes um, from some of the uh, actually our first hydro generation facility actually starts in an actual wilderness area, which is really unique. Um, we actually pack in with mules um, all of our equipment and maintenance, maintenance, maintenance tools um, and fly in personnel uh, once a year to do maintenance activities on that. But we're also then the capital of, of California. We, we are Sacramento. We, we serve the capital. Um, so it comes with a lot of different political challenges associated with that. Um, our business unit touches almost every single other business unit in SMUD. Um, there isn't another business unit in the company uh, since we went to smart meters that touches face-to-face customers more than the vegetation management program does. So we have the best opportunity to educate. We have the best opportunity to interact with, uh, support, influence, and partner with our community owners um, in our service territory, which is exceptionally unique. Uh, We also partner with our our engineering teams, whether that be transmission engineering, distribution engineering, uh, even many of the underground activities uh, where we're changing out facilities in urban settings from overhead to underground. Uh, We live uh, and operate in the City of Trees. Sacramento has been named the City of Trees for decades for a reason. We have probably one of the most um, overmature, frankly, urban forests out there, uh, which poses a lot of unique challenges around electrical assets, both overhead and underground. Uh, Lots of politically uh, charged challenges out there. Uh, We have a phenomenal brand image, which is fantastic and uh, we've got some great collaboration in t- inside our company. We get reached out to on a daily basis from designers, engineers, uh, construction and field teams. Um, all of our communications teams are interacting with our vegetation management team on a regular basis. Um, all of our corporate communication teams are looking to us to support communications out to customers and to our board um, as well as our legal and regulatory teams are regularly reaching out to us and we're participating in a number of efforts, whether they be state legislative activities, um, and or, uh, state fire threat mapping activities that are occurring. So we're partnering, saddled up side by side with those team members. Um, they're covering one portion of a subject matter expert component and we're covering the other, the, the vegetation management piece.
0: You said you had eight contractors. One of the unique things is one of your contractors provides sheep, sheep or goat.
1: They provide both. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up, Phil. Um, and in that portfolio of eight contractors, yes, that is one of our IBM tools that we use regularly. Um, it's livestock grazing. It manages fine, flashy fuels and unwanted or undesirable uh, vegetation in our transmission and distribution rights of ways We also have uh utility-owned properties that have state and or local weed abatement requirements. Instead of using fossil fuels to mow those and potentially starting a fire with a mower with rocks, uh, we actually deploy livestock out in those areas to kind of manage some of that vegetation. Uh, It's actually great for the community. We usually get a lot of really great responses from customers, uh, associated homeowners associations, um, as well as providing a really good end-to-end product by using that livestock in a really robust way to try to reduce undesirable vegetation.
2: You mentioned, you know, eight contractors, lots of different stakeholders that are in the footprint that you have to kind of manage. One of the challenges that I hear throughout the industry is um, when you have so many different types of organizations and people running around your system, the preservation of the local utility brand, right? So. You know, keeping making sure that people are operating at a smud level, a smud quality level, is that been something that has been an ongoing challenge, or do you feel like you guys have a pretty good system in place that makes sure that that you know everybody that's on the system ha- understands that smud sort of culture and they adopt it?
1: The smud culture is you know deeply ingrained in everyone's DNA, and I I can't thank my past colleagues, peers. Um, for all that they've done to build the brand image of SMUD in this community. Um, but each business unit has a key role in ensuring, preserving, enhancing, and improving customer satisfaction on a daily basis. Um, there isn't too many utilities that have 95% customer satisfaction rating, threshold, and target for our tree contractors. And we're monitoring that weekly. Um, and then on a monthly scale with monthly uh, metrics and targets and then ultimately quarterly and annual targets on that. And we're sitting around 96 to 98% on customer satisfaction. When you think about it, we're unwanted guests. We're uninvited guests to, to people's properties to prune or remove at times. Um, family members, if you will. If you think about it, many people are very attached to their trees um, and then understandably so. So are we. I'm an arborist for a reason because I love trees and I've been involved in this industry that long. Um, so there's a lot going on as it relates to brand image. There's a lot going on as it relates to customer satisfaction. And I would just say that our our company... Uh, that includes our contractors and all team members probably eat, sleep, and breathe continuous improvement as it relates to customer satisfaction. Um, and that customer service is embedded in everything we do on a daily basis.
0: Eric, you have a lot that's uh, across federal lands, I think Forest Service, BLM, I assume. Um, usually, people just talk about all the challenges associated with it. You sort of have a different relationship with the Forest Service out there, don't you?
1: That's a great question, Phil. Yes, we are so fortunate to have a phenomenal relationship with both the U.S. Forest Service, the El Dorado National Forest, um, which starts in and around Lake Tahoe, uh, for those that are trying to get some, some perception on where we're at. So in and around Lake Tahoe, the jewel of California, if you will, um, the El Dorado National Forest has partnered and collaborated with us better than any other forest that I ever worked with in the state of California. And I've worked with 12 other forests in my tenure here in the state. And we've got a phenomenal relationship. It's as collaborative as it could be, sharing data and sharing information back and forth to achieve a common goal, which is natural resource management, improved forest health, um, asset reliability. Um, asset integrity, um, reduced wildfire and catastrophic wildfire risk, improved um, natural resource and wildlife habitat, all of those components go hand in hand. And we, uh, in collaboration with the uh, U.S. Forest Service here on the El Dorado, um, have undertaken some of the probably most forward-thinking and maybe out-of-the-box type work that's been going on. Uh, most utilities typically focus their work and activities within the easement uh, or long, uh, along the easement, um, wire zone, border zone, and definitely not the outer zone. Uh, when you really get down into the IVM weeds, we are actually doing fuels reduction work, forest health work, and thinning activities um, two, three, four hundred feet outside that easement uh, in collaboration with the forest. Uh, it aligns with forest goals. It aligns with federal management needs. Um, and then let's tent, tent, uh, transition to the Bureau of Land Management. Um, historically has been a pretty challenging agency to work with, and we have a great relationship with them. It was a little rocky at, at the start, but it, we've made a lot of improvements. Uh, recently, um, actually just got, uh, uh an approval to use herbicide to treat on Bureau of Land Management uh, facilities property uh, around our assets, which um, I tried that 20 years ago when I got into the industry and, and the door was slammed in my face. Um, but the agency personnel have changed, the leadership have changed, and they understand the value of really low volume, targeted uh, treatments to specific undesirable vegetation. And the botanist, as well as the senior leaders here in El Dorado County um, for the Bureau of Land Management have provided us a great platform to continue to use as a study uh the work activities that we're completing on their lands. That includes hand cutting, it includes mastication, um, includes the use of livestock livestock where necessary, but adding that additional component of herbicide treatments, targeted low volume herbicide treatments on their land uh, is going to provide them exponential benefits because the work that we are doing is starting to show increased populations of sensitive and endangered plant species, and them allowing us, trusting, truly trusting us to use herbicide in those types of environments, in that critical type environment, uh, shows a huge, uh, huge improvement in our relationships. Been been fantastic.
0: You had a pretty aggressive uh, hazard tree of, or tree risk abatement program. If I recall, you were using LIDAR and high-resolution video uh, talk to us a little bit about that program
1: yeah I have a huge passion with forward thinking and innovative solutions in our space and it's not just uh, uh believe me i there's a there's a time and place for for uh, boots on the ground there's a time and place for uh typically pruning or or removing a tree but there's also a time and place for forward thinking and innovation um, to be efficient uh leverage the technologies that are out there and uh, back in two thousand ten I started using uh, the remote sensing tools, that's LIDAR imagery um, as packages to drive uh, real-time solutions in our vegetation management program. Um, and here at SMUD, we've got some phenomenal, I couldn't be more happy with the senior leader's commitment to our programs. The work activities that we have, LIDAR specifically, and remote sensing tools were instrumental in developing our full true risk profile. Most utilities are looking at a risk profile as to what's going to grow in or what may uh, fall into their facilities within the right-of-way. And I looked at that profile and said, what could truly strike our facilities? And in our forest, uh, we have trees that are going to grow to be 120, maybe 200 feet tall, tops. So we really needed to look way outside um, those sidebars and really try to take a peek at what is our actual risk. We have a unique platform here at SMUD where our CFO, Jennifer Davidson, is also our chief chief risk officer. So not only is she holding the budget, but she's also holding the risk at the same time. What's really unique, and many utilities don't have that. They're usually siloed or, or operating in different realms. That right there, I think, provides a unique perspective for her to make financial decisions, but also having that risk squarely sitting there in front of her. So what we did, Phil, was we took a look at, um, back in 2017, we took a look at and identified our true risk. Every tree, every piece of vegetation that could either strike, fall in, regardless of condition of health, um, on a 58-mile corridor. And that 58-mile corridor identified a, a, lot, a fair amount of risk. Um, that platform that I used with the LIDAR was built, uh, was established to... to it was truly the foundation for a business case, for risk reduction, um, for our senior leaders, not only our executives, but our board members, um, which ultimately um, gave gave us the platform to reduce risk and truly look at and quantitatively and objectively be able to reduce risk. Most programs have a database of some kind, whether that be a spreadsheet or some other remote Uh, some other access-type database where they're tracking information. What the LIDAR provides is a visual. The LIDAR provides not only a visual but a geospatial relationship of where that vegetation is. So I can objectively say um, successive flights over and over again can truly quantify the risk reduction, whereas in most cases, you may have removed 100 trees on a line segment but in a lot of places they don't know exactly where those hundred trees are. Each of these have geospatial unique location on them. So the twenty-three plus thousand detections that we had on this corridor um, has been objectively identified, and then that risk has been reduced by interactions and partnerships with the Forest Service, BLM, private landowners, industrial timber landowners, and many pe- many of those. Stakeholders and team members are asking, why these trees? Why these conditions? Well, if you're actually doing outage investigations and truly identifying your risk out there, you know the failure profiles of these tree conditions. Are they limb failures? Are they full uproots? Are they trunk failures? Are they combinations of those? Do they happen during weather events? But you couple that with the actual point cloud, And the detail associated with remote sensing technology, it's easy. That picture is worth way way more than a thousand words. Someone can see it and tangibly understand. I can geographically put myself in that place because I'm the timber management officer, let's say, for the Forest Service. I remember that tree. I've worked on the forest for 25 years. So they can see it and understand how we're getting to the work that we're proposing. So the Forest Service and the BLM have been phenomenal at sharing data. They've done a lot of surveys and studies for environmental and species. And not not we as SMUD have done a lot ourselves within our FERC license, which was the the easement portion of this boundary. But all the work that we did outside the easement is – data that was provided to us uh, in collaboration from the forest service so we didn't have to do additional surveys and studies we we identified the work activities and where it was located and the forest service or blm shared with us their data platforms that identified any potential uh, species or habitat of concern that were in these areas spans locations uh, land uh, plots it was a it was a huge win for us that that technology has proven itself over and over again to be invaluable in any setting whether it be